Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. Ephesians 6.10 Finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We talked about that at length in the last podcast. This week, we'll talk a little more about that and go on to the next three verses. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 11 emphasizes that we need the whole armor of God. Why do you suppose it says that? It doesn't say we just need to put on the armor of God. It specifically points out we need the whole armor of God. That tells me that every piece is important to our success. And why do we need it anyway? We need it to be able to stand against all the schemes, all the strategies and deceits of the devil, who is the enemy of God, who we are told roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's 1 Peter 5.8. Satan and his demonic army are not just hanging out waiting for the end. They are dedicated to spreading as much chaos and havoc as they can, and they actually hope something they do will put off the end which God has already told them is coming. Satan and the demonic realm hate God, and they will try to destroy anything God loves and will try to develop a counterfeit for anything God does. John 10.10 tells us the demonic realm is on a steal, kill, and destroy mission. They are out to hurt anything that is of God and all God's created image bearers. Genesis tells us that God made humanity in his own image. After his own likeness, he created both male and female, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God also tells us in Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So humanity is a special kind of creation to God. All the rest of creation God just spoke into being, but he created humans a little differently. 
We are told in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has placed eternity into the hearts of his image-bearer creation. Even though humanity's spirit was disconnected from God's spirit at the fall in the Garden of Eden, and even though it takes coming to Jesus to reestablish that God connection, every human being still has an eternity awareness within them that calls out to be completed by being reconnected to its creator. It's sort of like we have this loose electrical cord attached to our hearts and a longing for it to be connected somehow. We sometimes spend our whole lives hunting for something to connect to that will make us feel good and fulfilled somehow. We try connecting with money or jobs, sports, hobbies, various groups, projects, sometimes things like sex, drugs, alcohol, anything we can find. Some people even have a baby, hoping that will help them feel connected. Even though some of those things are good and positive things, when nothing really satisfies for very long, we become acutely aware of that empty spot within us and often wonder, what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel more satisfied somehow? What's the use of any of this? Back to Ephesians 6.10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength and power of his might. Jesus is like the electrical socket. And when that cord in us gets reconnected to the socket of God, the true power immediately floods into us and we become a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. It's at that point that if we spend our lives actively following Jesus, we gain power-ups along the way. And that light of God that got turned on in us grows brighter and brighter toward its fullness in the day prepared for God's children. Proverbs 4, 18. I'm a grandmother to nine grandchildren, and as they grew, I have always endeavored to stay relevant somehow in their lives. In this day and age, that meant I learned to play their video games with them. As I continued to grow in the world of video games, I learned that even though power was available, there are certain things that must be done in a game in order to access a power-up. We learned in the last podcast that all power and authority in creation has been given to Jesus Christ and that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in his people and gives life to our mortal bodies. The power is available, but we must do some things in order to access it. First, in the last podcast, I identified we need to receive Jesus into our lives so that we are plugged into Jesus, or we don't have access to his power. That would be kind of like setting up a nice lamp, never plugging it into the socket, then turning on the switch expecting something 
that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> it's got a potential to access power, but it's not plugged into the source of power. There's just no access yet. Secondly, once we do have access, like the video games, there's some things we need to do to gain these power-ups. We have to take direction from the head, which is Jesus, in order to function properly as his body, which is the church. And the church is us Jesus followers. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. As we follow Jesus, we begin powering up more and more as we draw close to the Lord in relationship with Him. And through the power of His Spirit, we grow daily from glory to glory toward the likeness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And that likeness that we are growing into is the likeness we were created to be as the image bearers of God way back in Genesis. It is that power, the power of His might, that enables us to stand against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Satan hates the image bearers of God, and Satan is an equal opportunity hater. When we accept Jesus as Lord, in our own lives and learn how to be a Jesus follower in the power of His might, we become an active threat to God's enemy. An enemy does not like threats to his kingdom. Do we need to fear that? No. Why? Jesus told us in Matthew 28:18 that all authority in heaven and earth now belongs to Him. And we don't need to fear our enemy because God has not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. We don't need to fear the enemy because we are from God and Jesus in us is greater than the enemy who is in the world, 1 John 4.4. 4. We don't need to fear the enemy because Jesus tells us that he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in the cross. Colossians 2.15 We don't need to fear the enemy because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and gives life to our mortal bodies. Romans 8.11 we don't need to fear the enemy because our God, who has all power and authority, is with us in any valley of shadows we may walk through. In fact, God says he's going to prepare a table for us even in the presence of his enemy. So we will get fed and strengthened by God himself, no matter what spiritual warfare battle we are going through. And that's what the 23rd Psalm tells us. Even though our enemy is messing with us, we are told Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of God, Romans 8:34, And he is at work through it all to bring something good out of the whole thing, Romans 8:28. Jesus does not just leave enemy assaults unanswered.
Understanding all this, we still have to remember that we are living in a fallen world at war with the enemy of God, and bad stuff still happens here. Even though God has won the war, the battles are still going on as we move toward what the Bible tells us is the end of all this. Ephesians 6.12 clearly shows us that even though we may need to deal with flesh and blood people in front of us, it is the power behind flesh and blood that we need to do spiritual warfare against. And because we are still at war, we need to put on the whole armor of God to be able to stand against the strategies and deceitful schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6.11 We need the whole armor of God to withstand that evil day. Ephesians 6.13 We are clearly told the evil day does come. And I think we all are familiar with that reality. Very familiar with that reality. Ephesians 6.13 tells us we need to do everything to stand and then stand firm. Part of doing everything is to stand in the armor of our God. And we will start talking about those specific pieces in our next podcast. For this week, when an evil day comes into your life somehow, which could be any kind of stressor or conflict, practice remembering that even though you have to deal with the flesh and blood situation in front of you, it's only prayer power that wrestles with the behind-the-scene agitation of those spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places that Ephesians 6.12 talks about. We must fight in the power of the might of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that is in the spiritual realm. So pray, pray, pray always in your situations, just as we are counseled in Ephesians 6.18, which is the end of this whole section of Scripture we're looking at. And we will talk more about that in the future. For now, practice what you know from the Lord. And keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Till next time. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.